surprise. Uh, we're going to be in the Gospel of Mark for quite some time, um, but uh, we're going to be in Mark chapter number four. Uh, so if you would take your Bible and turn over to Mark chapter number four, and uh, as you're turning there, if you would join me in standing for the reading of God's Word, Mark chapter number four. Um, we're going to read verses 26 through verse 29, a shorter passage uh, today. Uh, Mark chapter 4, verses 26 through verse 29. The Word of God says this, And he said, So is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up, he knoweth not how. For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth it, he putteth in the sickle, because the harvest is come. And uh, let's pray one more time together. Lord, thank you for a wonderful service thus far, for the wonderful uh, music that uh, we've been able to enjoy and sing unto you. And Lord, I thank you for now the time in your word. And I pray that you would use this time to draw us closer to you. Help us to understand your word. Help us to uh, then apply and live out what we hear. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Well, here in Mark chapter number four, we're, we're learning different things that Jesus taught. Now, the bulk of Mark, the, the gospel of Mark is about what Jesus did. But uh, here in chapter number four, we're learning about what he said. And again, he doesn't take a long time. Matthew spends quite a bit of time going through the things that Jesus said and taught. Uh, but Mark does hit on a few of them. And today we're going to look at a unique parable to the gospel of Mark. In other words, it's not found in any of the other gospels. Uh, the one we looked at last week regarding uh, time to shine and he talked about the candle and it's under a bushel or under a bed. That, that was also found in the Gospel of Matthew and in, in Luke. Well, this one here, the, uh, the principle of the sower and the seed, uh, is only found in the Gospel of Mark. And so uh, this is a unique and only found in this particular Gospel. Now, the title of the message tonight, this morning, is The Secret of the Seed. And uh, there are a lot of things in this world that are hard to explain how they work, how they happen. For instance, uh, electricity. Uh, most of us know that uh, when we go home today, we'll flip on the light when we get home or we'll uh, turn on the air conditioner and hopefully our air conditioning is working well. Um, this, this, this is the time and uh, I don't know that I've ever lived in a place that required air conditioning as much as Oklahoma in the summer. But uh, I am very thankful for air conditioning. I'm not sure exactly how it all works. I know uh, there's a couple men in our church who deal with air conditionings. Brother David does. Brother Brent does. Um, they, they know air conditioning and they know how it works. I don't, but I'm just glad that it does, right? And uh, I, I don't really know how a car works all that well. I've done a couple, you know, repairs on my vehicles. I've tried to repair some things on Seth's vehicle and uh, praise the Lord for YouTube, you know and uh, how it helps, but I, I mean, I don't really know how cars work. I'm just thankful that they do, and I know that there's, there's men in our church, Brother Gary being one, and others, I'm sure, who have done some mechanic work over the years and, and know how cars work, uh, but there's one thing that uh, 
you know, all those things that I mentioned. There's men who know how they work. Well, this particular instance, uh, no one knows really how a seed gets planted into a ground and how it germinates. Uh, we, we, we've done some studies, and, and there's some science on it, and I know some of you young people maybe go, well, in biology, we studied that, and uh, you can explain you know, the parts of a seed, and you can explain you know, some of the processes that, that take place, but again, the, the creation of all of that is, is all done by God, and it really is a secret. It really is a mystery how uh, when you put a seed in the ground for that to bring forth much fruit. It really is a miracle, and only God could do that. And so he goes through that this particular thought here and, and mentions it in a, in a parable. And so he says here in verse number 26, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground, and, uh, and it grows up. And then in verse 27, he knoweth not how. He doesn't understand how it works. He just knows that it does work. Just like when I put the a key in the ignition of my truck, it, it works. And uh, when I put the key in the ignition of my, my motorcycle, it works. Well, when I got a new battery, then it works. <laughs> um, I had to get a new battery recently, uh, $40, thank you, Amazon. And uh, got, got a new battery, and uh, we're, we're up and running again. Uh, we, don't, we may not know how it works, we just know that it does. And, and, and that's, that's what happens here. Uh, now, there's a couple interpretations of this particular parable that uh, I've seen in my study, and I wanted to share them with you, and then we'll, we'll get into some, some truths here that I think we can apply uh, to our life. Uh, one meaning is, uh, has to do with the fact that Jesus, in the time frame in which he said it, as he's starting to share truth and plant seeds of truth into uh, the hearts of those who are listening there, uh, he was planning now, the, the seeds that he was planting as he was talking would one day bear much fruit. And it did bear much fruit because eventually here we are all these years later because of the seeds of truth that he planted uh, way back as he walked this earth. And so that could be one uh, interpretation and I believe that that's an accurate one. But another one is a little bit more for you and I here, and I think we can make this same application and interpretation as well. And that is that those who sow the seed of the gospel cannot produce fruit by themselves. It is not the sower that can produce the fruit, but only God can do that. In other words, uh, when the seed takes root, there will be fruit. Now, how God does it is a secret and a mystery, but it does work. Now, so this morning in this parable, I want to uh, show you three important lessons about the secret of the seed and some things that we can take home with us. And uh, one commentator put it that uh, some of these, some of these uh, parables are hard to put in and, 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 and just an easy takeaway you know, uh, lesson. These are sometimes difficult parables to really get the lesson out of, uh, but I think we can take these, these three truths and, and take them home with us today. Number one, first of all, I, I see this lesson, and that is to be faithful to sow. Be faithful to sow. Verse 26 says, So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground. And should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not how. And then it says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. 
Now, the only responsibility that this man had in this parable was to sow the seed. Uh, He didn't have any other responsibilities. In fact, he really kind of just forgot about it. In verse number uh, 27, it says he should sleep and rise night and day, kind of go on with his life, forget about the fact that he planted that seed. Um, But his responsibility is, though, to be faithful to sow the seed, uh, the seed uh, physically, but then Obviously, as we're talking as believers here, we are to sow also something called the seed of the Word of God. Now, uh, when it comes to sowing and planting seeds, um, we all wish that we would have planted seeds in the past. I wish I would have planted better in the past, but, and, and there's, a, there's a Chinese proverb, uh, and I'll put it on the screen here, that says, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. And so when it comes to sowing the seed of the word of God, yeah, I wish we would have done better sowing seeds years and years ago, but the next best day is right now, is today. To sow the seed of the word of God right now. So to be faithful to sow. um, Wayne Gretzky is the uh, greatest hockey player of all time in my not-so-humble opinion. Okay. And he's known for this quote here, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. And in hockey, you're never going to make a goal if you don't put the puck toward the net. And so my boys know when I'm watching hockey, they'll often hear me say, shoot the puck, shoot the puck, because the puck's never going to go in the net if they don't shoot it, if they don't take the effort. Uh, We're not going to see fruit in our lives if we don't sow the seed. So we've got to sow the seed. We've got to be faithful to sow the seed of the gospel to those around us. In other words, if there's no sowing, then there's no growing. No sow, no grow. Psalm 126, verse number 6 says this, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That's the song we sung a few minutes ago in our service, Bringing in the Sheaves. Well, we're not going to be able to bring the sheaves with us if we don't take the time to sow the seeds before we expect a harvest. So let's be faithful to sow. But notice that the man sows a seed. In verse number 26, So the kingdom of God is as as if a man should cast seed into the ground. What is that seed referring to? Well, earlier in his teaching, and this is, uh, many Bible scholars and commentators believe that this is an expansion on the previous uh, parable that he went through with the four types of soil at the beginning of this chapter. And remember, we spent some time, we went through verses 1 through 20 in one sermon. If we could do that, we could make it through Mark a lot faster than we're going to if we just do four at a time. Um, but uh, remember, he talked about the, uh, the successful ground and how that, remember, we saw the stony ground and we saw the stubborn ground. Remember those four types of ground? Uh, and we talked about what type of ground are, are you? And this is a, an expansion here. But in that, in that first parable that we looked at in verse number 15, uh, 14, um, here he, Jesus says, the sower soweth the word. So the seed is the word of God, the word of Christ. 
Uh, can I remind you today that there is power and life in the Word of God? So as we sow that seed of the Word of God into the hearts and minds of young people and people around us, there is power and life in that seed. John chapter 6, Jesus said in verse 63, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, but the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So there's life in the word and that seed of the word of God that we are to be planting in hearts. There's in the little seed, life in that seed. And so that's why life comes out of that seed because there's life in that seed. And same is true in the seed called the Word of God. Hebrews 4 and verse number 12 tells us the Word of God is quick. In other words, it's alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword and it pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word of God that you hold in your lap this morning is alive and it is powerful and it is life. And this is the seed that we're to be faithful to sow around us. Romans 10 and verse number 17 says this, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You see, it's that seed of the word of God that goes into the heart of individuals, and then that seed then is able to bring forth faith. Uh, Faith doesn't come any other way. I read about a preacher who stood on the street corner preaching to anyone who would listen. Well, a man approached him who looked like he had lived on the street forever. Can I help you? The preacher asked this man. I I think you can, said this homeless guy. Well, would you like to tell me, would you like me to tell you about Jesus? No. Well, would you like me to pray for you? No. Well, if you don't want me to tell you about Christ and you don't want me to pray with you, then how can I help you? Well, you can give me your Bible. Well, why would you want my Bible if you have no interest in knowing more about Jesus? And this homeless man said, well, I I noticed that the pages of your Bible are are very thin. And I, I could use the pages to wrap a cigarette. Well, wisdom came suddenly to the preacher who said, you know what? I'll go ahead and give you this Bible if you will agree to read a page of the Bible before you smoke it. Okay, so you can take this Bible, you can do with it as you please, you can use it to smoke it, but I want you to promise that you're going to read the pages before you roll up a cigarette and smoke it. Well, this man agreed, took his new Bible and left. The preacher thought he had seen the last of this guy and he could just simply get another Bible, no big deal. Several months passed, and the preacher was on the street corner once again. And a man came up to him dressed in a three-piece suit. He said, you you don't know me, do you? No, I've never seen you before in my life. Yes, you have. You see, I'm that homeless man you gave a Bible to about four months ago. The preacher couldn't believe his eyes and ears and said, Now, please, tell me, what what happened? Uh, Tell tell me, I've got to know. He said, Well... I did what you said. You said I couldn't use any of the pages to smoke a cigarette until I've read it. So I went ahead and smoked all the way through Matthew. Then I smoked Mark. 
I then smoked Luke, and then finally John smoked me, and I got saved. See, there is power in this book, my friend. It is alive, it's quick, and it's powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword. This is the seed that we are to be faithful to sow. Now, where are we to sow the seed of the Word of God? We're to to sow the seed to the lost around us. But a lot of times as we say that, we're like, okay, yeah, that's just kind of overwhelming. There's just so many lost around us, I'm just not going to do it to anybody. But So I want to get a little more specific this morning. Who are we specifically to sow the seed of the Word of God to? We are to uh, sow the seed of the Word of God to our neighbors, to the people that we live around. You realize that God placed you in the house that He placed you, in the neighborhood that He placed you for an eternal reason. Not because you got a great deal in this house, not because you just like the neighborhood and it's got some great amenities around it. No, he, he puts you there so that you can sow the seed of the Word of God to the neighbors that you have right now. I remember when we were in California, we had a next-door neighbor, Lisa Williams. And uh, we tried to be our wit- a witness to her, and eventually she ended up, she came to, she came to church one Sunday. And I remember standing there looking at her going, you look vaguely familiar was my neighbor, my next-door neighbor. She finally came to church. Elisa ended up getting saved. And uh, they ended up moving away. They moved to Illinois. Now, here's the deal. She was only there for a little time. But God had us there living next to her for a reason, for eternal reason. And God has you living where you are living right now for an eternal reason. Are you sowing the seed of the word of God to your neighbors right now? If not, God wants you to be. Who else? To our friends, to our coworkers. Again, those who have secular work and have coworkers who you work with Monday through Friday or whoever you work, however, whatever your schedule is. Look, God has placed those coworkers in your life, not just to annoy you, And not just so that you can pull pranks on them and all of that fun stuff that you do around the office. But so that you can be an internal witness to them and sow the seed of the word of God in their hearts and lives. I want you to not think about your co-workers as just merely co-workers, but as your mission field. God has placed you there. He has not placed me there. Only you can reach them. Uh, What about our children? Uh, Moms and dads, the one ground that we are to be faithfully sowing the seed of the word of God in is in the hearts of our children. We have to be doing that. This week, as many of you may have seen, there was a homosexual choir from San Francisco that put out a music video that has gone absolutely viral, and I think we have a picture of a website there that uh, listed it. Now, in this absolutely creepy and, and satanic song, it says that they are coming after our children with their agenda. 
Now, I know there are some who think that their real intent behind it was just to kind of mock us in thinking, uh, in the way we talk about uh, this group, um, this segment of the population, that we, we think that that's what they're after, and so they made a song about it to kind of mock us. I'm telling you, it is not a joke. They are honestly, indeed, coming after our children. Um, they have been sowing seeds of wickedness for decades. They're pretty faithful to do that. Nickelodeon, here's why I know that they're coming after our children. Uh, the, in our, the curriculum in our, in our public schools is now highlighting this and pushing this agenda. Um, not preaching against public schools, but I'm telling you, it, it may be time to start considering homeschooling where you can be the main influence instead of putting them out there for the world to influence. Uh, but Nickelodeon, the Children's Network, remember Nickelodeon? I remember watching Nick at Night when I was a kid and watching Mr. Ed. Remember that? Well, last month, they recently put out two videos of a drag queen pushing gay pride on our children. They're coming after our children. They're willing to be faithful to sow the seeds of wickedness. May the Lord help us to be more faithful to sow the seed of the word of life. Uh, those, those seeds lead to destruction and death. But the seed that we have leads to life and everlasting life. And maybe you've seen as well that uh, Joe Biden and his administration has announced that they're going to come door to door. Uh, finding out if we've all taken the almighty vaccine. And so they're using taxpayer dollars to go around and knock on doors to try to see if we have been, uh, we've gotten the cure for COVID. Now, regardless of what you think about the vaccine, here's the deal. They're passionate about a vaccine, so much so that they're willing to go door to door. Can I ask the question this morning, where are the Christians who are passionate enough about the only cure for the disease of sin, which is called the blood of Christ, that we're willing to go door to door? We're willing to sow the seed. We're willing to do something uncomfortable. We're willing to organize and go out and, and uh, to try to get the gospel out to people. They're willing to do it for a vaccine. What about us? to see if they've been cured from their sin. Far more important than COVID. There was a pastor in Michigan uh, who recently wrote this, and it caught my eye and my heart. He said, "If uh, talking about the different things going on in our country and the, the, the woes and the ills of our country, and I know last week we celebrated our independence, and I am thankful for our country, and those who died to protect our freedom, and those who serve in our armed forces. I'm very thankful for all of that and the liberty and freedom we have to gather together this morning. I'm thankful. But the truth is there are some definite woes out there. Now, here, here's what he said, though, and I, and I thought this was excellent. He says, if you are a Christian in America and you spend an inordinate amount of time contending for the constitutional rights of faith, but you never make time to share the faith with anyone else, your priorities are unbiblical. 
Look, my friend, we need to be aware of what's going on. There's no question. We need to understand that we are living in a dark world, but let's not spend so much time researching and learning about how dark it is outside to where we don't have the time to be the light outside. We, we bemoan the darkness, but we're not willing to be the light. We need to be faithful to sow the seed, because if we don't sow, there's going to be no grow. And uh, this man, he was faithful to sow the seed. I want to encourage all of us to be faithful to go, to, to go and sow. Now, can I ask a question? And, and, uh, and I don't want you to answer, obviously, out loud, but I, I, I want you to answer in your own heart. What are you doing in your life right now to sow the seed of the Word of God? In what ways are you sowing the seed of the Word of God? Oh, I, I'm, I'm here t- today, aren't I, Pastor? I'm glad you're here, but but look, the mission field is out of the out of these walls. So we need to go and sow the word of God into the hearts of our neighbors, our family members, our friends, our coworkers, those who we go to school with, those who we see out and about, and in our children. So we're to be faithful to sow the seed of the word of God. But then I want us to notice, secondly, this morning, um, we need to be faithful to sow. But number two, the Father makes it grow. Verse number 27. After this man sows the seed, he was faithful to sow. He puts the seed in the ground. Here's what happens. Verse 27, and uh, he sleeps. He goes and takes a nap. Praise the Lord. This is my favorite verse in the Bible. My proof text for another, another proof text as I build my sermon on uh, why Christians should take naps. No, uh, but here he plants the seed and then he goes and sleeps and then he rises night and day and the seed should spring and grow up and he knoweth not how. How does this seed germinate and grow? Well, the Lord does it. Now, we understand what the process is regarding planting and growing, but as far as how and why it happens, it's a secret. And really, all we can simply say is God does it. It's the power of God that makes it happen in the ground and in the hearts of men and women who hear the word of God, who had the seed planted in their hearts, and it comes forth and brings forth fruit. We can't explain it. We just know that God makes it happen. Now, he created this universe and decided how things would work. He created Gravity, he created life, he created this germination miracle moment that takes place when a seed gets put in the ground and it comes forth and brings forth fruit. And he also created the, um, that moment, that miracle moment that takes place when the seed, of God, the seed of the word of God comes into a heart of a man or a woman or a child. And it causes new life to take place. I, I can't explain it. It just happens and God's word tells us that it is God that makes that happen. I think about Saul of Tarsus. Remember him? Who became the great Apostle Paul, but before he was the Apostle Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus, and he was passionate about trying to destroy Christianity, trying to eradicate it from the face of the earth because it was a slap in the face to their religious system. And so he was passionate about trying to get rid of it But you know what happened, though? 
In all of his passion, guess what was happening? The seed of the word of God was being planted in his heart over and over again. As he began trying to persecute people, particularly a man by the name of Stephen. Remember, Stephen preached a very bold message, and, and the Bible says they were cut to their heart, uh, the people listening. And uh, they gnashed on him with their teeth. And that's found in Acts chapter number 8. And the seed of the word of God was uh, being planted in the heart of a, of a young, zealous man by the name of Saul, Saul of Tarsus. And uh, in, in Acts chapter number, uh, not Acts chapter number 8, I think Acts chapter number 7, I'm sorry. Verse 54, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart and they gnashed on him with their teeth. And here Stephen, as he, his testimony goes, he being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven, saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. So this is, what he, this is what comes out of his mouth as he's getting ready to be martyred for Christ. Verse 27, the Bible says, And they cried out with a loud voice, stopped their ears, La, 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 we can't hear you. And they ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the Bible says, The witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. So Saul was witnessing this whole situation. You know what all that was? It was seed of the gospel coming into his heart. And because it's the seed of the gospel, guess what? It's alive. It's alive. And God's going to make it happen. God's going to cause growth to take place. And finally, in Acts chapter number 9, the Bible says this, as uh, he's on his way to Damascus in verse number 3 of chapter 9, and as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. He said, You know what? Those pricks were the seed of the word of God that was in his heart. And the Holy Spirit beginning to work in his life and causing him to understand that the direction that he was going was the wrong direction and that he needed to turn around and repent and come to Christ. Remember, for me, it was the seed of the word of God was put in my heart many, multiple times as a young person going to church and hearing the gospel. And finally, one day, and I've shared it before on Christmas night when I looked at that a book that I was working through, and it said, please write the date that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that you placed your faith in Him. And I remember thinking, man, I know that the seed has been planted, but I don't know that I've ever placed my faith. I'd never chosen to trust in Christ alone for my salvation. And so right then and there I did. God didn't leave that seed there without making something happen. The seed is powerful. Paul understood this later on as well in, in his ministry in 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. If you want to just turn over there super fast, 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. Because Paul understood that we can plant and it is our responsibility to sow. We need to be faithful to do so. But it was God that causes the growth. The Father makes it grow. 
1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse number 6. He says, I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Verse 7, so then neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Verse 8 says, now he that planteth and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. Yes, we are to be faithful to sow and to water. But ultimately, it's God that gets the increase. Why? So that God gets the glory. So that I don't go around patting myself on the back and say, see what a great job I did because I sowed so much. No, it's God that gets the glory because he's the one that caused the growth to take place. So we do the sowing and he does the growing. Be faithful to sow. And the Father makes it grow. And then we see number three as we turn back to Mark chapter number four. The fruit will eventually show. The fruit will eventually show in verse number 28. So the man is faithful to sow the seed. I've got my bucket of seed here. There's actually no seed in it, but I have my bucket here. He's faithful to sow the seed. He's faithful to put it in the ground. And then he goes and he rests and lets God do the work which he cannot do. And that's cause it growth to take place. And then guess what happens after some time? Verse number 28. It says, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. First the blade. And then the ear. And after that the full corn in the ear. So as he's talking about the uh, uh, maybe wheat, maybe corn. But uh, the, the, way, the way it works is you plant that seed in and you give it some time and then all of a sudden a little blade of grass shows up and pops out of the ground. And after some more time, it begins to, that stalk begins to uh, grow. And then finally you start to see that, the fruit, the ear of that corn that you can pick. Eventually the fruit will show. Ecclesiastes 11 and verse number 1 says this, Cast thy bread upon the waters for thou shalt find it after many days. In other words, plant your seed and eventually you're going to start to see the results of that seed being planted in the ground. It does require patience, though. And uh, most of us are not exactly poster people for patience, especially in this American culture where we like to hit a microwave button and within a minute our food is ready to eat. Um, But the way this process takes place, it does require patience. The purposes of God often develop slowly because His grand designs are never hurried. I read about the great New England preacher Philip Brooks, who was noted for his poise and quiet manner. But at times, however, he even suffered suffered moments of frustration and irritability. One day, a a friend saw him feverishly pacing the floor like a caged lion. And so he's just walking up and down and, uh, man, kind of just frustrated. And, and uh, so uh, a friend said, uh, well, what's the trouble, Mr. Brooks? He said, the trouble is that I'm in a hurry, but God isn't. And uh, we've all been there, right? Uh, we're all going, God, would you please hurry up? But, but the Lord's time is, his ways are not our ways. His, his thoughts are not our thoughts. 
But we need to remember the promises of God's word that we will indeed reap down the road. Galatians chapter 6 and verse number 7, Be not deceived, God's word says. God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. So keep sowing. Keep being faithful to sow. Think about some of the greatest missionaries of history. I learned this lesson. They were devoted to spread the seed of God's word and yet had to wait long periods of time before seeing any type of fruit. William Carey, for example, labored seven whole years before the first Hindu convert was brought to Christ. Adoniram Judson toiled also for seven years before his faithful preaching was rewarded with a, with a convert. <coughs> Excuse me. In Western Africa, it was 14 years before one convert was received into the church. In New Zealand, it took nine years. And in Tahiti, it was 16 years before the first harvest of souls began. doesn't always happen overnight. A farmer doesn't go, um, here's some seed. I'm going to go throw that in the ground. And then, okay, let's see, come on, where is it? Where's the ear of corn? I'm hungry right now. It, it, that, that, that's ridiculous, right? Sometimes we think that giving the gospel out is like an instantaneous situation. What must I do to be saved? And sometimes it is that way, but most of the time it takes time and it takes um, that that. That seed needs to be in that ground and in that heart for a while to come forth and to bring forth fruit. I I think probably a lot of our lives are like that, and we're all testimony to that truth in here. I don't know that all of us were saved the first time we heard the gospel. Like Maybe we had to hear it multiple times. I've already mentioned my testimony. But we need to be faithful to sow the seed uh, and be patient with it. Here's another promise in the word of God, Isaiah 55, verse 11. God says, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. You can trust the seed of the word of God as you plant that, that it's going to work. God's going to bless it. God's going to use it. And so this week, we're getting ready to host VBS. What we're going to be doing this week is, as kids sit in these rows, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be taking the seed of the Word of God and going, hey, kids, here's the Word of God. We want it to find a resting place in your heart. Say, but does it, does it work? I mean, is it going to be worth it? Yes, all the work, all the money, all the time, all the energy, all the effort. I mean, we're going to be exhausted. Is it worth it? Well, there's a lady here in the room, in the house today, who was eternally affected by a vacation Bible school, at least one, probably multiple. But Miss Robin Nutt was saved at a VBS when she was a child. 
And uh, I think we all, those who know her, think, praise the Lord, that there was a church that was willing to host a VBS when she was a child because that was the time that she got saved. And we're all benefiting from that church that was willing to sow the seeds in those moments. So let's be faithful to sow the seed of the word of God. Mark chapter 4, verse number 29, last verse in the, in the parable here. But when the fruit is brought forth, immediately he putteth in the sickle because the harvest has come. One day, and this is a reference to down the road, as the Lord comes back and takes us all home. In Revelation chapter 14, verse number 15, uh, this is a cross-reference to that. It says, And another angel came out of the temple, crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud, Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he, sat, he that sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. One day we're going to all be reaped for the God's glory. One day, individually perhaps, or through the rapture, uh, we're going to be reaped. Hopefully, uh, we're growing and letting God grow us so that we're prepared for that day. Now, the encouragement for us this morning is to keep sowing, to be faithful to sow. Sow to our children. The uh, Satan is doing a pretty good job sowing seeds in the hearts of our children. He's been pretty effective and very busy and organized and passionate. I think it's time for us as God's people to get serious and passionate about them. To not let them have the loudest voice. So be faithful to sow. And then trust that the Father will make it grow. The word of God is sufficient. It's enough. Uh, we don't need to do all kinds of bells and whistles. Now, I know VBS, there's going to be some bells and whistles, but ultimately we just need to simply get the Word of God into their hearts. And I know many times we need the bells and whistles for them to come and hear the Word of God. But the Word of God is where it's at, not the program, not the personality. It's the Word of God. It's sufficient. Let's trust it. And then let's rest assured that fruit will eventually show forth. This is true when it comes to planting physical seeds in the grounds, and I'm not the greatest expert on that. Um, I planted some seeds in my days, but um, it usually doesn't work out too good. Um, but I've tried to be faithful to sow the seed of the Word of God, and I want to encourage all of us to do that. But it's also true when it comes to planting the seed of God's Word in the hearts of men and women and children. And this week, we have an amazing opportunity as a church to plant the seed of the Word of God in many hearts. So let's look for opportunities to sow. Let's trust that the Father will make it grow and that fruit will eventually show. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this parable, um, the secret of the seed. Well, we don't understand exactly how it works, but we know that you make it work. And we trust that. Uh, Lord, help us to trust that process as we go through this week. Help us, Lord, to be faithful to get the word of God into the hearts of these children that show up here. And Father, I pray that uh, you would make the word of God grow in their hearts. May they come to Jesus Christ and be saved. And that, Lord, may they have a great godly Christian life. Lord, I'm so thankful for the work that you did in, in Robin Nutt's life. And Lord, we're 
we're grateful that she's a part of our church. And Lord, years from now, I pray that there would be somebody in a church somewhere that says, oh yeah, back in 2021, I attended a vacation Bible school at Cornerstone Baptist Church in Moore. And that's when I got saved. That's when I learned about salvation. And now they're faithful. And now they're serving you for many years. I pray that that would be the case, Lord. And I pray you'd help us to be faithful in our homes, to sow the seed of the Word of God in our homes. Um, I pray, Lord, that you would help us to sow the seed to our neighbors, to our coworkers, to those out and about in our community. Help us to realize that it is my responsibility as a Christian to do that. And uh, Lord, I pray that you would mightily work in the hearts and lives of these uh, people here today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to have a time of prayer right there in your seat. As uh, the Lord has spoken to you, I want to invite you to have a time of decision, a time of dedication, um, perhaps even praying for uh, somebody in particular or maybe even just the children that are going to be here this week. I want to give you an opportunity to spend some time praying um, as Ms. Pat plays through uh, this song together.